0: Lauren Vang, Safe Meetings, Procurement, and Site Selection, The Power of Connectivity, Episode 10, On What Has My Attention. During this pandemic, I know you're all itching to get back to live face-to-face events, and I am too. And what if you had someone from a company that was a global leader in meetings procurement and site selection to handle all of your needs without needing to pay anything for it? As a PSA today, I'm talking with Lauren Vang from Helms Briscoe, who does exactly that. And if you're planning a large wedding, cruise, or any meeting type with a group of people, you owe it to yourself to contact Lauren. Listen in and see why. Welcome to the show, Lauren. How are you today?
1: Hi, John. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, it's great to have you. I'm speaking with Lauren Vang, and she is with um, Helms Briscoe. And the whole thing caught my attention as a lot of us, I like to podcast based on what has my attention. And we met at one of Mary Kravitz Zoom calls. She does two of them a month. If anybody actually wants to jump on that call, you're welcome to. You just go to watchusthrive.com. And I got to say, it's just been wonderful to meet people like Lauren and other people. But part of the reason I wanted to do this is I sort of like a PSA, because a lot of people are talking about wanting to get back to work, get back to events. And and then all of a sudden today is November 20th and we're in California and it looks like we're getting ready to lock down again. So for those people that are considering trying to get back together... I just wanted to get your perspective, and I want to start off by asking you to introduce yourself as you would like to be known in the podosphere.
1: Thanks, John. As you mentioned, my name is Lauren Vang, and I'm currently with an organization called Hems Brisco. I work with different event organizers and travel groups.
0: Yeah. All right. Part of what caught my attention when you and I were in a breakout room at Mary's was you were talking about social, socially responsible event planning. That's what I took away. There probably wasn't your words, but could you speak a little bit about that and in terms of the work that you do, in terms of working with clients and what the business does?
1: Yeah. With the pandemic and all the things that we've learned with how it's affecting events and our business, I would say my background does include event planning for corporate companies. So when you say socially responsible event planning, some thoughts do come to mind. I think that any type of event planners should really evaluate the risk involved and determine if their meeting needs to be held in person or Mm -hmm. can it be virtual or hybrid during this period. And they should really take into consideration of who's coming. Are they in that risk group and where are these participants coming from? So Mm -hmm. that's one of the first things about being socially responsible and then there's other things that a planner can follow if they do feel it's important to move forward with an in-person or hybrid event. It's important that they follow all the guidelines and safety protocols put by you know local, state, and federal authorities. Things like capping your meetings to a small number of what's advised, hosting your event possibly at a drivable location so attendees can minimize contact with others. But overall, the att- attendee and staff safety should be the highest priority to dictate if uh, mm-hmm. that should go through.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you guys actually utilized drive-in theaters by any chance?
1: Actually, no, I actually was working with a client up on that in oh, San Francisco. Fun. And so that is definitely a thought that we are working on that it didn't go through, but we were hoping to be able to put on a sort of a holiday party at a drive-in location where all the attendees can come in at the Bayshore um, drive-in, which is in Mm -hmm. Burlingame. And currently one of my vendor colleagues is hosting events there. He was doing that for the public uh, over the last several weeks.
0: Fun, fun. Yeah, it's definitely an idea. Yeah, it wasn't on our list of things to talk about, but when you mentioned being socially responsible and drive up and it really made, but just brought, it came to my mind, which, what can I say? So when you're, it's important for people to understand that you don't actually charge the client, right?
1: No. So our services are at no cost to our clients. We get compensated by the properties that we work with. Mm -hmm. And we advocate for our clients because it doesn't matter which property they choose. We will get compensated by uh, that property due to Mm -hmm. the relationships that we have with them. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at a property, actually, what are some of the things you actually look at?
1: I work closely with the client to take a look at what their needs are, depending Mm -hmm. on the type of events that they have. Some of an event could be just as simple as I'm traveling with a sports team and I need a hundred rooms and I, I need to make sure that there's breakfast included for the kids. Things like that are simple. I work with other clients that have multiple conferences and they need a certain number of square footage for a room. They need a certain number of breakout sessions. They need a lot of different things. So these are all the things that I do take into consideration to put together an RFP to send out to properties that meet that need.
0: Interesting. So another one of those what came to mind is I imagine there's a lot of like high school soccer teams that travel quite a bit. And it's important. Yeah, it's important to note your business does this all over the country or is it the world?
1: We're global. So we, I can work with any organ, event organizer or company if they are planning an event in the U.S. or anywhere else in the world. We also Mm. do have associates that are based globally. We have a total of about 1,400 associates throughout the world.
0: Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take a, a sideways here and just ask you, how did you get involved in this?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. One of the directors of Hemsworth Scout reached out to me via LinkedIn mm-hmm. with my background in sales and again, field marketing, which is leading the corporate in-house events for companies. I think it was a really good combination of all the experiences that I had to try something new.
0: Yeah. So you did some event planning, right?
1: Yes, I did. And so I know what event planning is like, and it's very intense at times.
0: Yeah. So what is, one thing I wanted to ask is that, what's the big thing that, that you guys actually provide in terms of the service for the clients? You've talked a little bit about it, but what is it that clients are mostly concerned about besides maybe the pandemic? What other kind of things? Let's just say there was no pandemic, everything was rolling normally. And so what are the like three things that people typically ask? in terms of what you might have to deal with in terms of uh, working with them?
1: Yes. When I work with a new client, uh, I tell them a little bit about how we work because not a lot of companies or individuals out there are aware that such a service exists. So at Hams Frisco, what we do is we create the best match between the needs of the event and travel planner and the right hotel. But as I mentioned earlier, we want to make sure that we're bringing the right properties to meet their needs by just making sure that we're following all the things that they're looking for and making sure the hotels that have those things are presented to them. So we Mm -hmm. do represent our clients in that marketplace. Along with doing that, how we do that is we do all the legwork, the research and evaluation, and then we share the ideal venue for our event to our client. We become the liaison between them and the properties that they're interested in, and Mm -hmm. we help them save valuable time by doing that. They can just really be able to choose what works for them. We also Mm -hmm. help out with negotiation, sharing just expertise that we've gained by working in other events and working with different hotels.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you have a roster of hotels and event spaces that you've worked with before that over a period of time, you must be gathering some information about in uh, certain locations and uh, that may just by default actually be a good fit for a lot of people. I was going to ask you if actually there's a hotel chain that you work with in particular that really meets your standards, but maybe that's not a good question to ask.
1: (laughs) We have as a company, John, we have relationships with over 260,000 hotels and venue properties across the world.
0: I'm sorry, 260,000 hotels and properties? Oh my
1: 260,000 God. properties around the world. And yeah. this also includes all of the main hotel chains like Marriott, Hilton, and also independent hotels and boutiques. They're all great partners. I wouldn't be able to say which one might be the best ideal because it really depends sure. on the client and their needs. And they're all yeah. a little bit different.
0: Yeah, so you're probably helping your clients with wedding preparation as well, I'm sure, huh?
1: Absolutely. One of my clients that I was working on with a conference, her son was getting married and he was just doing all the legwork of calling around, trying to get a grade, trying to figure out what works. And she reached out to me and said, Lauren, my son's getting married. Can you work on getting some room blocks for him next year? And we connected and I was able to present him with a lot of options. We went with one location and that's it. We is done.
0: No, that's nice. All right. I'm going to ask you for another case that was uh, maybe really challenging for you, but you were able to succeed in it.
1: I would say I don't think any of my clients or cases are challenging. I think the only challenge right now that any event planner is dealing with, including my clients, are concerns about whether or not the event is going to go through Based on the pandemic. I have several events that are planned for 2021. And although those event planners are looking forward and working forward to making sure that the event happens, we just don't know if suddenly state or local authorities can say, nope, sorry, no events. And that's really the concern. And that's something that's completely out of the control of the planner. So those are things that they think about, that they worry about, that are challenges. And what I do, a Hems-Frisco partner to them, is I work closely with the properties and the hotels to negotiate to ensure that we can minimize any financial loss should the event be canceled or maybe the number of attendees that we anticipate decrease due to people being concerned about the virus and not attending.
0: So I imagine you've had to deal with that a lot in the last six months, huh?
1: Yeah, we have. And uh, we're working as much as we can, but we are we are working closely with our hotel partners and they're being really flexible with us because they understand the situation as well. So everyone's in it together, fingers crossed that all events go through as planned.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious, uh, I was going to ask you, what do you like most about Helms Briscoe?
1: I would say there's lots to like one is that it's it's a great organization that has been doing this in the industry for the last probably 28 plus years and speaks to the longevity and opportunities that they have and the value they present to the clients and to the market. Mm When I joined, one of the first things that I was impressed about is the tenure of all the, um, School associates. I was speaking with, to people who were, you know, there for 10 years, 20 years, seven years. It was just a really long tenure. And that was impressive that these associates really enjoyed their roles and were there for that period of time, which these days is a little bit rare, especially me living in Silicon Valley to have people in their positions for that long of a period.
0: Yeah. I think the only other company that comes to mind might be Costco. Well, I did some management work there. And, oh, my God, people I met oh. were there 20, 25, 30 years. And it's know, very from, rare
1: these days. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think so. 10, 15, 20 years ago, it was like the average career was about 7 to 10 years. But I think it's gotten a lot shorter.
1: I think it's two to five years <laughs> <in> where <laughs> I'm at.
0: <laughs> and next year, it'll be two to five minutes maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> So what are, you have some favorite clients, I'll bet.
1: You know, I don't know if I I call them favorites. It's like hard to, I don't want to favor some over the other. I think that all my clients are unique and I actually, I'm really thrilled to work with them. And so there's definitely, I think all my clients are pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, no, there's a business I know that I work with and they book, or up until recently, they booked uh, two or possibly even three vacation workshops. We're talking in the cruises and things like that. It's
1: interesting that you brought up cruises because one of the extensions of what Hems Frisco does is, although we, the core of our business is working with hotels and venue properties, I do have a client that I'm working with at the moment where he's looking to host his event on a cruise. So we do have an extension team that works specifically with cruise meetings because it's, it's all inclusive. Everyone's on in the same spot, and so that is available. It's a different approach on a meeting for any anybody that hosts any type of conference, workshop, or even company retreat.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you have a size limit
1: on um, the number of people for that?
0: For yeah, like the people I was referring to, they probably have maybe ten couples, twenty people, maybe that- a few more.
1: We don't have a size limit. I think the minimum that is about maybe 10 10 individuals really is where we can leverage the group booking. In the industry, anything less than 10 is considered like individual bookings. And so Mm -hmm. for us to really leverage our negotiation and buying power is if you can do a group of a minimum of 10. Mm
0: -hmm. My client
1: is doing about I think maybe 200 individuals. And then of mm-hmm. course, they're welcome to bring their spouse. It's like a mix of a work meeting and a mini vacation.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 What do you, what would you say your clients typically say about you? Besides Lauren, you're so wonderful. Thank you so much for making <laughs> our vacation and dreams come true or whatever it is that they're, that they're yeah,
1: doing. Yeah. Yeah. I would say customer service has always been our number one priority. And Mm -hmm. a lot of clients are thankful that our service exists. As I mentioned, we do take a lot of the admin and legwork off their shoulders. Mm -hmm. I say with everything that's currently going on, my clients are happy that they have a partner to help them through the process and to really Mm -hmm. advise and advocate for them now and Mm -hmm. for as long as they need it.
0: So I'm going to ask you some other questions that aren't on our list of things that I was going to ask you like... (laughs) <laughs> when you're not when you're not working, what kind of obvious passions and things do you really enjoy doing?
1: In a non-COVID world, I would say some of the things I do love doing is I love to travel. Prior to COVID, I initially tried to take a trip overseas maybe once a year. Mm-hmm. My last trip was two years ago when I went to Colombia. And so that was quite a great experience. Along with that, I, I like to stay active. I really like hot yoga just not available at this time due to the current pandemic, but I do practice yoga at home. It's just not the same as if you're in a you know, 105-degree room <laughs> with a bunch of others sweating for, for 90 minutes. I think that workout is very refreshing.
0: In my day, way in a galaxy far away, so to speak, hardly anybody knew about yoga. And now it's just pretty much gone mainstream. There's so many people of all ages I know that just really do it and I think would you agree that one of the keys to having or I should say remaining healthy is keeping your spine limber? You no, know,
1: I'm not quite I can't speak to to what you just mentioned about keeping your your spine limber, but I can speak to all the benefits of yoga. So you're really connecting sort of your body and your breath and so I, I really enjoyed that part of it. So it's almost very therapeutic uh, mentally, along with having the physical sort of workout and relaxation. So it's like a full body and mind workout. And I've heard that people who practice uh, yoga have also have improved injuries, have, again, just improved their overall health from the different elements they might have. So there's definitely a lot of benefits to it.
0: Well, it's nice. So let me ask you this is, have you had some moments in your life that you would consider to be defining where everything changed for you?
1: Relative to my personal life or my professional life?
0: Anything that just stands out?
1: I would say one thing that was life changing, I would say, is probably back in 2011 when I was finishing up my MBA program and hmm. I was living in Berkeley, and it was my last semester. I was working full time. I decided to quit my job, put all my stuff in storage, and finished the last uh, couple units of my program overseas in Budapest. It was nice. like a big jump for me, and I lived there for four years. Sorry, four months. Mm-hmm. I went to you know an un- international university. I really got to experience what it's like for international business because that was my mm-hmm. emphasis. I got a chance to also uh, really expand my personal travel from that moment on. Prior to that, I have only been to a couple countries and I went with friends or family. But after my studies there for four months, I spent two months traveling all over Europe by myself. And that was pretty much a good turning point because I didn't speak the language. I had to figure out how to get from point A to point B. I had to figure out how to communicate what I needed and what I wanted to people who perhaps. Didn't understand English. I was a single female who's quite petite. I had to be really cautious about my safety. Just all these things that you think about. And with that travel, it's really helped me be able to understand that I can go beyond what I think my limits are. I can trust myself a lot more, and my independence has definitely been strengthened. So I think that was a personal, you know, turning moment that these travels enabled to provide me with.
0: I haven't talked to anybody that's traveled. That didn't say something and didn't talk about the value of it. Yeah, I just think there is a term for when people get out of high school and they take a year off before they go to college.
1: It's called the gap year.
0: The gap year. I don't know, the gap year. <laughs> so I, I just consider it to be really valuable. Yeah, I took sort of a gap year. Actually, when I was in college, I was studying music. I was studying classical guitar and stuff. And I actually stopped going to the university, Portland State University, and actually started Jumping on a bus and going down to San Francisco and attending master classes with classical guitar. And that was like a gap year because it wasn't, it wasn't academic by any means, but I got to hang with some really great players and stuff. But then I met somebody that changed my life. I ended up moving from Portland, Oregon, where I'm at or I was at to a little mm-hmm. island called Orcas Island. And I was there for seven years. So that was I- a big, what's that?
1: I was going to say, where is that island located at? I haven't heard
0: of it. Orcas is one of the San Juan Islands off the coast of Seattle, kind of north.
1: Oh, I see. Okay.
0: Yeah. So you go up to, you drive up to Anticordus north of Seattle and you jump on a ferry and you take an hour and 15 minute ferry ride to the islands. And Orcas, in particular, is where I lived. But I got to tell you, from the time you leave the ferry, everything just stays at the ferry landing in a sense. And you end up on the island. And it's completely different. Very different than, than traveling internationally. But it's similar, right? There's a whole lot of stuff you have to leave behind.
1: Yeah. If you have to start over in a little bit, you have to really learn your environment, learn what things that you can't do anymore and how to improvise for that. Mm-hmm. And that's amazing. You're able to live on an island. I think that's one of my future goals. <laughs> Is oh, to yeah. maybe to move to a remote island. Maybe not too remote, but move to a tropical island. <laughs> yeah. And spend a couple of years there.
0: Yeah, it's energetically very interesting because you're surrounded by water, okay? So there's a little sense of a feeling. In fact, when I first moved there, they said in about six weeks, you're going to get what we call island fever. And I go, what's that? And that's when you just get the feeling you need to get off the island, get back to the mainland. It's just, it's a real uncomfortable. A lot of people have a lot of anxiety about it. And anyway, I never went through it, but a lot of people I knew did. So it's like, Energetically, I think that's an experience that I think you'd really love because you're totally surrounded by water. And in many cultures, water represents a a consciousness. When you're surrounded, energetically, things are a lot more contained. Yeah.
1: Wow. I haven't heard someone describe it that way before, but now yeah. it's, I'm not interested. Like can,
0: it's not like you can jump in a car and drive off the island. You have to wait for the ferry. You got to get in line. You have to, there's not a ferry that is every five minutes. So it's every two or three hours and they stop at 11, 11 PM and getting off the island is not a real easy thing to do. But it's like I said, the experience of leaving the mainland and going to an island is in itself a unique experience.
1: I'm glad you had the opportunity to do that as well.
0: Yeah, me too. So what does this have to do with your business? I'm not sure it does (laughs) have to do anything. But I do enjoy uh, taking sideways.
1: uh, I'm happy to share and chat about anything. Yeah, I think we have some good stories there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what are you looking uh, most uh, forward to in 2021?
1: I'm hoping, I'm actually very positive or optimistic, you can say, since we have a change in administration administration. And mm-hmm. we have two viable possible vaccines that are coming up. And so I'm looking, thinking that 2021 is going to be again, a positively good year just because of some of those notions. And as an industry for events, we're hoping, we're seeing that, you know, people are wanting to get out there. They want to socialize. It's been very hard being. Quarantine and isolated. People are going to be going yep. out there. They're going to travel. Events are going to speed up. Hotels are going to fill up. People are going to really want to take all that pent up energy and go out there. And that's exciting. So we were looking forward to that. And we're seeing that <laughs> as a trend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for you. And I'm going to be sending you referrals from people that uh, I think deserve your service. Send them over. <laughs> yeah. Happy to no. help. Yeah. It's great. So anything else you want to cover?
1: I think that there's quite a bit when it comes to maybe just some of the planning for COVID. I can definitely share more about that if we have the time. Yeah, so I would say right now, one of the things people can look for when they're looking to plan a safe event is to really understand and just, again, as I mentioned, stay updated on all the travel guidelines and restrictions. And more importantly, one thing I like to always bring up is that all event planners and organizations, they have a legal duty known as duty of care to ensure that events Mm -hmm. are made as safe as possible for all attendees. And this Mm -hmm. is always something that's been an obligation for event planners, but now more than you know, than ever, it's important because there mm-hmm. actually is legal consequences if there's a failure to follow through on these. And um. although we don't want to scare anyone, we just want to remind people that. And so, if they do move forward with events, they should. There's a lot of things that they should really maybe revise if they do have a duty of care program to really take into considerations what's going on with the pandemic. And mm-hmm. some of the things might be considering having an on-site medical team have a COVID health security plan if there's a breakout or many attendees start developing symptoms. Again, of course, there's also d- additional staff training, adding in safety measures, and just really thoroughly understanding the vendors and the venues you're working with on the mm-hmm. cleaning and disinfection practices that are implemented there. Mm-hmm. So that's just something we want to remind anybody that's planning any type of event or group gathering.
0: Have you heard a point pass?
1: Point pass. No, please share some more on that.
0: Yeah, write it down. At the Chamber of Commerce, we had a presentation from the Technology Advisory Committee, which I'm involved in, and somebody did a presentation on Point Pass. It's a new business that just joined the chamber, but fundamentally what they do is they have a system for businesses that legally protect them and have everything in place that helps a business... With any kind of liability. And it's, there are certain things they do. Testing when people come in, taking temperatures and all that kind of stuff. But I'm going to be having somebody from that uh, business on the future podcast because I want to talk about it.
1: That's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think that th- those types of businesses, are, I'm assuming, are propping up because there's a demand and need for it, especially yep. during this time. So that would be interesting to hear. I'll look forward to listening to that podcast.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I'll, I'll make an introduction for you as well.
1: Great. If I, we can partner up with them, if it can benefit my client, I'm always happy to also make that referral.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what is uh, with the tips that you were just giving for people planning events? My tip is just pick up the phone and call Lauren or email her. So we'll actually have your contact information in the show notes as well.
1: Great. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. anyone has any questions about event pl- planning, safety, Questions about if I can support them, anything on there, I'm happy to help. I do have a lot of resources of ensuring with my clients, and I'm happy to share that with anybody that inquires.
0: Oh, that's great. That's really nice to hear. I just really want to thank you for being here. You, It, it was my goal here to just share this really as a PSA and also for people that are starting to plan events to actually just get in touch with you. Just take the worry out of it. It doesn't cost them anything. That's amazing to me. Yeah. Well, thank you
1: for having me as well, John. It's been a pleasure, and I hope I was able to be helpful for any of your listeners.
0: I'm sure you were. I'm sure you were. Thank you. So until next time, you can, of course, watch this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. And uh, there are several channels I actually may release on this, but probably I'm going to initially stick it up on my channel called What Has My Attention. You can just go to whathasmyattention.com and uh, see what's there. Lauren, thanks again and just be safe.
1: Thank you. Wear a mask.
0: mask. I'm sure you do.
1: Yes, absolutely. Every single time I go out, got a mask
0: on. All right. Great. Until next time. See you all later.